Matthew chapter number 26 this morning. And I want to preach to you a few minutes about the precious blood. Now this is a never-ending sermon. Amen. I could go on and on and on and on. And I do have plenty of notes to go on and on with. But I don't intend to preach the whole thing this morning. I, you could take this one verse at a time. Or you could uh, preach three or four verses. And each vo- verse has its own point. So I'm just going to uh, preach till my voice wears out this morning. I knew what kind of shape that I would be in. And so when I got this message, I just went on ahead and took it on out to the book of Revelation, amen, and, uh, from Matthew to Revelation, talking about the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can probably take two or three different services. Well, Harold Seitler said one time, he said, you didn't have to say everything you knew about one subject in one service. If the Lord don't come back, you'll be here next week. And so uh, that's a good thing to, uh, to know, amen, we'll be back next week if the Lord tarries, at least some of us will, amen. Man, some of you have to lay out. But anyway, Matthew chapter 26, I'm going to preach to you this morning about why we come to begin with. This is the reason that we're here. This is the reason that we can say amen, or this is the reason that we can uh, say hallelujah, or sing these songs, or read our Bible, or pray, or anything that we can do, we can do because of this subject this morning, the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's look in verse number 26, and it says, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Back up in verse number 27, it says he took bread and blessed it and break it. That's talking about the breaking of the body of Jesus Christ. They put nails in his hands and a crown of thorn on his head and they uh, beat his back with a, with a whip and they put nails in his feet. That's the broken body, the broken body of the Lord. And the Bible said that it was broken. And it says he gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it. I like the way he put that he said he gave it to them amen he gave it to them and he said what makes you worthy of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ nothing he gave it to me amen Uh, how are you getting to heaven he gave it to me how did you get access into the grace of God he gave it to me amen he gave it to me I believed him and he gave it to me that's what he said now verse 28 that's my text verse this is my blood of the new testament which is shed for many for the remission, for the remission of sins. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for your goodness, for your mercy. I pray, oh God, that you would help us this morning. I know there's power in the blood. God, we sing about it, and oftentimes we don't think about it, but Lord, there is power in your blood. Everybody that ever got saved, everybody that will ever go to heaven, went to heaven, God, by your blood that was shed for us, God, and we thank you. Lord, for all these things, we thank you for dying on the cross. Lord, you said you sent your son. Uh, Lord, you said you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten son and your son came and died on the cross for us. And Lord, we oftentimes emphasize 
uh, Lord, uh, our relationship between one another or, Lord, trying to make it through this world or finances or all these things. Lord, all these things are very secondary, Lord, to the bloodshed on Calvary. Lord, this thing with which we have to do, Christianity, is centered and based upon the shedding of your blood. And I pray, God, that you would make that real in the hearts of the folks here this morning. If one be lost, I pray that you would save them. Lord, if one be backsliding or going astray, I pray, Lord, that this mention of your blood would convict their hearts, Lord, and put them back on that straight and narrow that we're supposed to be walking. And I thank you and praise you, God, for what you do. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Let me read the verse once more. Verse 28. But For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of the sins. First of all, he said it's the blood of the New Testament. It's not the blood of the Old Testament. The Bible says that the blood of bulls and goats could never take away sin. So all that sacrifice in the Old Testament, that was a religious sacrifice that God instructed them to do. But that sacrifice was to instruct them on a couple of things. Number one, the wages of sin is death. Uh, Sin works death. And man, every man that's ever been born has died with the exception of one, Enoch. Enoch went up without dying, but that's the only exception. That is a picture of the Christian who will never die if he trusts in Christ. So God put a a type and a picture of that back in the Old Testament. But the exception kind of proves the rule. If a lot of people didn't die, then Enoch wouldn't be no big deal, would it? But everybody that's ever been born dies. That's That's just a matter of that's just a matter of nature. Everybody that's ever born is going to die one of these days. There's no set time for it. There could be the death of a child. It could be death of a teenager or the death of an infant or the death of a, of a, of a full-grown person or the death of a, of a senior. But there's, death's going to come. Uh, to everybody at some point in time. There's no schedule for that. And there's no discharge, the Bible says, in that war. Talking about death. In the struggle of life and death, there's no discharge. You can't get out. You can't get out of it. You can't get out of it. A person that's born on this earth is going to die. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And that little lamb that's sacrificed in the Old Testament, that's a type of view. First of all, everybody's going to die. There has to be a payment for sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. So they take that little lamb and that man would bring the lamb and he was bringing it in his place. That lamb was dying in his place. If I took that lamb, went down to the tabernacle and brought it, I'm bringing that lamb instead of me. But then there's, a, there's another application for that lamb, and that's a sacrifice that was coming one day. And that, it, to us, it's in the past. To them, it was in the future. But they couldn't see that. They couldn't see that part of it. All they could see was their religion. The Bible says in the book of Corinthians, it says their minds, their eyes were blinded that they couldn't steadfastly look to the end of that which was abolished, that Old Testament. They couldn't see what it was for exactly. But the Bible says in the New Testament, he said that it was uh, that, that law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. And so that little lamb was a, was a type of Christ who would come. And not only, not only was that lamb dying in the place of the man who offered it, but Jesus Christ would die in my place and in your place. So he said, this is my blood of the New Testament, not the Old Testament. The Old Testament sacrifice had to be made every year. Every year, every year. The Bible said that sacrifice couldn't take away the conscience of sin. A man commit a sin, then go down to the tabernacle, 
offer up that sacrifice. And on his way back home, he thought, man, I, I did that. <laughs> Wonder why this guilt ain't going away. I'm telling God, I told God what I've done. Wonder why this guilt won't go away. But the Bible talks about this New Testament blood. We'll get to it here in a little bit, amen. I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit. But listen, this New Testament blood, uh, <clears throat> blood it does more than just, uh, just uh, as a symbol. It does more than that. It purges our conscience. Amen. It purges our conscience. And I thank God for that. What a wonderful thing that is. Listen, I hope nobody in this building that claims to be saved lays around worrying about some sin you've committed. Uh, well, I'd worry about it till I confessed it. Amen. But after you confess it, listen, let that thing go. It's under the blood. It's forgotten about. There's no use in worrying. Listen, you're spending valuable time worrying about that. You could be praising His name. You could be telling somebody about Him. You could be uh, you could be thanking Him for all of His blessings rather than just worrying about what this old flesh did one time. This old flesh now, it's a dead man. The Bible says, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. I'm a, I'm more, I'm a, I started to say aliver. I'm aliver than I've ever been. I'm, I'm more alive than I ever have been right now, but in a sense, I'm, I'm dead. This old body's dead. Amen. The Bible says you're crucified with Christ. Never, he said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. How is that possible? Through the blood of the New Testament. Through the blood of the New Testament. And look what he said. He said, it was shed, which is shed for many, for, there's a purpose, for the remission of sins. To make that old sin go away. The remission. That's a, you get the idea of a, of a cancer in the body and it starts real small and it grows and it grows and it grows. Well, when they treat that thing and it begins to go away, they call that remission. It's going away. Now, I'm alive today. The Bible says if we say we have no sin, he said we deceive ourselves. Amen. Amen. Uh, so you get the picture of somebody that still has cancer, but it's going away. Amen. Now, our sins are forgiven, but in our body, it's going away. Amen. Is your sin going away? Since you got saved, is it going away or is it all the same? You some people, oh, Brother Mike, you're a legalist. I'm not a legalist. I'm just here to tell you when you get saved, your, your sins begin to go away. Yes. Amen. I think about an army that, uh, you know, you think about the old time. Um, we got mechanized warfare in this day and time. But used to be people would get out on the battlefield up close and personal. They'd have hit the, the enemy would have his sword and you'd have your sword. And you got real up close and personal that way. Now you're a little bit further back with guns shooting at one another. But <clears throat> I get the picture are they two armies coming up towards one another and one's the enemy and one's the good guy there's always a good guy and a bad guy but anyway the, the bad guy is coming up his armies are coming over the hills like little ants but then all of a sudden they get afraid and they begin to back off <laughs> Things begin. you say what is that that's remission that's remission and the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood shed for you ought to send that old enemy into a full scale retreat amen it ought to be that's the way it ought to be he said the blood of the New Testament was shed for many for the remission of sin now one day the Bible says that he's going to redeem this flesh and it'll be all gone it'll be all gone be washed away our soul as far as our soul and our spirit's concerned it's all gone right now amen I'm justified redeemed the propitiation's been made the payment's been made the deal is done we're just waiting for the adoption the redemption of the body amen and so he said the blood of the new testament it was shed uh, for the remission of sin turn right quick and look in luke chapter 22 i want to show you a lot of verses about this blood 
uh, tonight, amen, uh, this morning, Luke 22. You will bear with me. I'm a little bit afraid my voice is going to... Uh, my voice started out Wednesday night bad and got better. And then it seemed like this morning it started out good and getting worse. But anyway, Luke chapter 22, verse number 20. Luke chapter 22, verse number 20. Verse number 19. He took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Amen. Amen. A while ago he said it was shed for many. I wish it... Now, you know, technically the Bible said God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And the Bible says, Whosoever will, let him come and take of the water of life freely. It's for anybody. But He said many are called, but few are chosen. Listen, it's for everybody, but only a few are going to take on. He said many, but listen, uh, concerning the whole world, uh, just a fraction of people are going to believe in taking advantage of this blood sacrifice. I wish everybody would, don't you? I wish everybody would go to heaven. Listen, I used to think, well, boy, when I was younger and a little bit dumber, I used to think, well, if I was God, I'd just take everybody to heaven. Well, if I did that, I'd mess up heaven. And if I took a robber off of earth and put a robber in heaven, then you got robbers in heaven. If I took a murderer off the earth and put a murderer in heaven, then there'd be murder in heaven. Uh, Change the location, not going to change the nature. You know, they say on the news that, you know, all these criminals and stuff, they're just a product of their environment. No, they're a product of their progenitor. I mean, they're a product of Adam. They're sinners. And they're going to sin. It doesn't matter if they're in New York City or Folkestone, Georgia. They're going to sin. It's not a product of their environment. It's a product of their sinfulness. Amen. Amen. People are going to sin no matter what. But I wish everybody would get saved, but everybody's not going to get saved. But I got news for you. You can be saved. Amen. Amen. You say, why? Because the blood was shed for you. Jesus said, here you take this cup. This cup is symbolic of my blood. Uh, You say, how do you know it wasn't his actual blood? Because he went to the cross and shed his actual blood. So you've got to be smart enough to read into the illustration there. If it was his blood, there's no need to go to the cross. Because there it was. He just blessed it, didn't he? If it didn't turn into blood for Jesus, it's not going to turn into blood for the Catholic priest on Sunday morning. Jesus went to the cross and died and shed his blood. Amen. Amen. So this is a symbolic thing here that he's saying. But he said, hey, fellas, Peter, James, John, this blood is shed for you. Guess who else is in the room? There There he says, blood shed for him. The Bible says over there in the book of Titus, he said there was a certain group of people and they denied the Lord who bought them. You said, what did he buy them with? That precious blood. It was shed for many. It was shed for you. And it was shed for the remission of sins. Uh, You can talk about more sinful or less sinful or a lot of sins or a little bit of sins, but it was shed for sins. Amen. Amen? And so that's what he says. Now look back in Matthew chapter 27. Back to Matthew chapter 20. You're bouncing around, Brother Mike. That's right. Bouncing around. Feels a little bit tight in here. The devil, I know he don't like this sermon. I know he don't like this sermon. He don't want you to listen either. He's probably telling you, oh, put your finger in your ears. (laughs) Don't listen. He may not be saying them exact words. He might be saying, hey, think about what's going on down at the house right now. 
I don't know what's playing. I know it ain't football season. It might be basketball season or uh, hockey season or a lot of it's hockey. <laughs> Amen. But I don't know what's going on down at the house, but there ain't no use in you thinking about that right now. We're talking about the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let the devil steal a blessing from you. Don't let the devil steal no, uh, no power from you this morning. The power. Matthew 27. <clears throat> Let's look and see. Look in verse 1. It said, When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to it. You see what Judas, Judas was an old devil. The Bible said Judas was a devil. Jesus said, have not I chosen you twelve and one of you is a devil? The devil comes up and he says, hey, this is innocent blood. If the devil recognizes it as innocent blood, wonder why people don't recognize it as innocent blood. He said it's innocent blood. You know what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 21, it said, he that knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. You hear what He said? He that knew no sin, innocent. Jesus was innocent. In that Old Testament sacrifice, that lamb that they sacrificed was a, was a lamb without blemish. It was without spot. You don't bring a lamb that's got a little cut on his leg or a, a bare spot or a bald spot or, or some imperfection. That had to be a perfect lamb. Yeah. Amen. So when Jesus died for our sins, it wasn't just a good teacher. It wasn't just another sinner dying for some other sinner. Listen, if I died for you today, that couldn't get you into heaven. If I got, listen, if I got down on my knees and said, God, I'm going to die right here and I'm going to die for all these people. Please don't take nothing out on them and fell over dead. That wouldn't help you. That wouldn't, you say, why? Because I'm not innocent. Oh, the, the testimony, this for all the practical purposes, Judas is a dead man. Walks in there and throws that money back. Dead man can't spend money. He knows, he's condemned in his own heart. He knows exactly what's going to take place. Throws that money back in there and says it's the innocent blood. And I believe more than a, I believe in Judas's case right here more than a confession. I believe this is a condemnation of those men that's, that's gave the money. He knows he's condemned. When he goes in there and throws that money down, he's telling those men, you just betrayed the innocent. You just betrayed the innocent. I just betrayed the innocent. You just betrayed the innocent blood. This man, he said, what's that to us? What's that to us? That's, what a lot, that's how a lot of people in the world treats the blood. What's that to us? Can I tell you about Jesus? I don't want to hear that. You know what they're saying? What's that to us? What's that to us? Innocent blood. Innocent blood. Look on down in chapter 27. Look down in verse number uh, 21. The governor answered and said unto them, Whither of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, uh, Barabbas. Pilate saith, Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but rather, but that rather a tumult was made, 
He took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Now, it's not easy. It's not quite easy enough just to wash your hands of Jesus and say, I'm done with it. But you hear what Pilate said? He said, he's a just man. There ain't nothing wrong with this man. This man ain't done nothing. He said, I've got a man back here that you can take. And he said, but you can let Jesus go or you can take this other murderer. He said, but this man right here, he's a just man. Which one are you going to take? They said, we'll take Barabbas. We'll take Barabbas. People will take Michael Jackson over Jesus. Yeah. Amen. You say, which one's the one that would get mad over me saying about something about Michael Jackson? <laughs> Amen. They'll take Michael Jackson over Jesus. You know, you can say anything you want to about any movie star and I wouldn't get mad. Wouldn't bother me a bit. If you called Elvis Presley an old reprobate so-and-so, wouldn't bother me a bit. Wouldn't bother me none. They're not my gods. Amen. Amen. And But listen, people say every, every bad thing about Jesus and people just put up with it. Oh, don't say nothing about Muhammad, though. Don't say nothing about Michael Jackson. Don't say, don't say, that, those are the gods of this world, you see. People love their gods. But when it comes to Jesus, listen, one of the great, great rulers of this time that we're dealing with here in the scripture, he said, this is a just man. This is a just man. And he washed his hands, but that didn't get rid of the fact that he was a just man. Listen, the Bible says in the book of Acts, Pilate wanted to let him go. These folks said, we'll take Barabbas instead. We'll take Barabbas instead. We'll take Barabbas instead. It's innocent blood. It's a just man. A just man. He that knew no sin was made sin for us. See that? Again, we're right back to where we started. It's a substitution. He that knew no sin was made sin for us. An innocent man for the ungodly. An innocent man for the ungodly. Now, you say, what, what should I do? I'd accept that blood if I was you. I draw very close. You know, they talk about a bloody religion. Well, it's only once. Amen. I mean, we don't kill folks no more. Amen. Jesus died once for all. We don't sacrifice no lambs, no blood in here. I mean, we're talking about words. There's more blood on your television than there is in my pulpit. Amen. Amen. Our blood was shed one time. Nobody else has to die. Unless they choose to. You say what happens? You accept it or you deny it. Look over it with me right quick in Revelation chapter number 16. Can I change my mind right there? Stay right where you're at. I can prove the point right here in the chapter. Then we'll go look in Revelation 16. Matthew chapter 27, verse number. Let's back up to verse 3 where we was talking about. Uh, Judas. Then Judas, which was betrayed, uh, which betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, "I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood." And they said, "What is that to us? See thou to that." And he cast down the pieces of the silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, "It is not lawful for us. Uh, uh, it is not lawful for to put them into the treasury because it is the price of blood." And they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Wherefore that field was called the field of blood unto this day. You read about the book of Acts. You hear when old uh, when old Judas went out there and hung himself. The Bible said his bowels gushed out. You say, what did he get for rejecting blood? Blood. You reject the blood, you get blood. Right? Jesus has died for you. If you don't accept that death for you, then you have to die for yourself. 
Now turn and look in Revelation chapter 16. Now look there in Revelation 16. Blood for blood. You ever heard that? You ever heard the expression eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth? All those are biblical expressions. Those are biblical things. Revelation chapter 16. And then look in verse verse number verse number 2. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as blood of a dead man. As blood of a dead man. You remember what the nation of Israel said just a few seconds ago? I read it in your hearing. Pilate said, you want Barabbas? Or you want Jesus, which is called the Christ. And they said, we'll take Barabbas. And they said, let his blood be on us. So you see what takes place here? He poured out this vial and it was as the blood of a dead man. They rejected the blood of Jesus. So they got, listen, when this blood comes pouring out over here in this great tribulation period, they're going to remember. We said, let his blood be on us. Well, here it is. And look what it says again. It says, uh, it fell a noisome and grievous sore. Well, I'm in the wrong. The second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man. And every living soul died in the sea. Look down in verse number 6. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. He said, you've rejected the blood. You've killed the prophets. You've rejected the blood of my son. He said, now, you, here's your blood. He said, you're worthy of it. Give them blood to drink, for they are worthy. For they are worthy. You, listen, you've got two options. You can trust the blood or you can reject the blood. You trust the blood, you've got deliverance and everlasting life. You reject it, you've got everlasting death. Ain't that, ain't that a terrible thing? At the same time, it's wonderful if you've accepted Him and, and trusted in Him. Acts chapter number 20, look very quickly over there. Acts chapter number 20, we're talking about the innocent blood. It's the blood of the New Testament. It was shed for the remission of sins. It was the innocent blood shed for us ungodly. Romans chapter 5 said that He died for the ungodly. Isaiah said he was numbered with the transgressors. Yes. Acts chapter 20 and look in verse number, uh, verse number 26. Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am, I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. To feed the church of God which he hath purchased. In his own blood. God's own blood. you see that? Let's read that last part again. He said, uh, to feed the church of God, the church of God, whose church? God's church, which he hath purchased with his own blood. God purchased it with his own blood. Jesus was innocent because he was God Almighty. And the Bible says God Almighty in that verse right there. It says God Almighty shed His own blood and He purchased the church. Are you in the church? Amen. Amen. It's holy blood. Revelation 1.5. It's holy blood. It's the commerce with which He purchased the sinner. The Bible says His blood was shed for you. Amen. It wouldn't spill. We sing a song, and I think that song, I can't remember right off the top of my head. I didn't really, wasn't really thinking about that before. But one of those songs, one of those old hymns says that his blood was spilled. It wasn't spilled. Spilt's an accident. Uh, you spill a bucket of water. 
Yeah. You go draw water out of the way, you spill it on the way home. It wasn't, wasn't no accident. Jesus shed his own blood. He did it purposely. He, he looked at you and he saw unworthiness. I wish that wasn't abrasive to Christians. But that is abrasive to Christians. You preach that and it, oh, just, mm. Why does he always have to go there? That's true. Amen. It's true. You was worthless. God looked at you and you're worthless. In your flesh, you're worthless right now. Amen. Jesus said the flesh profits nothing. Jesus said that. I didn't say it. I just have to line up. I'd like to hug you all around the neck and kiss you on the jaw and say you're wonderful. But you ain't. The flesh ain't worth nothing. My flesh ain't worth nothing. The Bible said the flesh profits nothing. Well, where's the profit? The blood. The blood. If you can find innocent blood, it'll purchase the whole world. And we found it Amen. in Jesus Christ. God looked at you in your unworthiness and said, I'll pay the price. I'm the only one that's got the money to pay this, so I'll pay it. And he paid it for you. He purchased the church with his own blood. Now you're his possession. You remember what we said up there a little bit ago in Luke twenty-two twenty? It said that it was shed for you. You Listen, you individually was purchased by God's blood. Now, I don't know what that makes you think. I don't know how that makes you feel. I ain't really concerned about how it makes you feel. It might, it might be abrasive to some of you. It might offend some of you. And the Bible said that Jesus was a rock of offense. If I, if I heard a man preach out of the Bible and I got offended every time I turned around, I'd go ahead and try to get saved if I could. Because Jesus is a rock of offense to those that, that are not His. But this is, this is very plain and right and true to those that have read the Scripture. Jesus said, you're not worthy and I'm going to shed my precious blood for you. And I don't know what that does for you or how it makes you feel. But man, it ought to, that ought to magnify the holiness of God in your mind and think, man, He could have just swatted me like a fly and done away with me and let me have my own way and he could have let me have the fruit of the life that I was living and kept going the way I was going and man and some of us we born and mom and daddy took us to church and, and we really don't know about too much stuff but man God could have gave you a, a reprobate for parents or let you be born in China or somewhere like that but man you 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 got you got uh, brought to a church and, and sheltered from a lot of things in your life. Listen, it's because of the blood that was shed for you. That, that bought every advantage you've ever had as a Christian. Amen? And how little we think of it. It's not, it's not just blood that we're overlooking. It's God's blood. It's God's blood. The price that paid for your redemption was God's blood. And so much so that Jesus even broke out in great drops of blood while he was praying. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not thy will, uh, not my will, but thine be done. What was he about to do? Take on sin. Number himself with the transgressors. And pay his own blood for our, for our sins. Look at uh, Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, and then look in verse number, uh, verse number 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says that Jesus was numbered with the transgressors. That's all. All of us have sinned. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation 
through faith in his blood. And not just a cross, not just a cross. It's not just Calvary. It's not just church. It's not just religion. It's not just the Bible. It's through faith in his blood. Going to church won't get you to heaven. Unless going to church lets you hear a sermon about the blood and you put your faith right there. Uh, to, to me, that's the great advantage of church. But just church, you know, that, like, the, like the old songs say, you know, just your name on the church roll does not mean the great reward. Amen? Listen, a church will not get you to heaven. A denomination won't get you to heaven. A certain style of preaching won't get you to heaven. Listen, you, if you don't like thunderbolts and lightning, you know, preaching, or if you don't like, uh, you know, all grace all the time, it's not in a style of preaching. Amen. Not in a style. It's by the blood. It's by the blood. Now, the sad thing is the cream puff preaching leaves out the blood. Yeah. Amen. There's got to be a reason that the blood was shed. Amen. What reason do you suppose that was? Sin. 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 If sin will get you in contact with the blood, that's all you're going to hear from me, sinners. Amen. Sinners, sinners. You say, but we're saved. Oh, but you still got some sin you've got to deal with. Amen. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Amen. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just. Yeah, I don't want you just to be saved. I want you to have fellowship with Him every day. Yeah. You can't do that without the blood. Amen. Uh, the blood is not just a, you know, the, in the military they call them fire and forget weapons. Fire and forget it, it's going to hit its target. Well, the blood is not fire and forget. The blood is fire every day. Shoot again, 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 again. Amen? You say, why? Because you need it every day. You need cleansing and washing every day. Uh, the blood, he said, it's the blood. He said, uh, to whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. To declare His righteousness for the remission of sins. His righteousness. The righteous blood. The Bible says the life of the flesh is in the blood. Amen. Somehow that righteousness is tied up in His blood. And when that righteous blood, that innocent blood, that just man shed his innocent blood and presented that before God, God said that'll do. Satisfied. The Bible said in the book of Isaiah when he saw the travail of his soul, he was satisfied. <coughs> Listen, there'll be folks that'll spend eternity in devil's hell. God'll never be satisfied with their suffering. Gotta look over there, and the Bible says even some folks in the millennial reign, they'll go from time to time and look over there and they'll see that punishment going on. And hell, there'll be a place where you can go and look and see it. And it won't be a it won't be a an option either. Once they do their their worship service, over there they'll leave directly from that worship service and then they'll go and look and see the penalty for rejecting the Lord. And they'll carry on like that for a thousand years. They'll, they'll see it and they'll look at it. But you know, the, we'll, uh, the, the people on this earth will have an opportunity to look at that, but there's some people there today that's going to be there then and going to be out there through all eternity. And God will go look there one day, and when He looks, He'll not satisfy He'll look again, and what would be to us, it'll be eternity, but what would be, uh, you know, figuratively, or just for example, go there ten years later and look, still not satisfied. Go back there and look, a thousand years later, they're still suffering, not satisfied, and they've not had enough yet. Any of y'all ever get a whooping by your mama? Anybody in the... 
I preach about the blood for 20 minutes and y'all sit there looking like stunned. Like I hit you with a cattle prod or something. I mention a whoop and everybody starts laughing. Ain't that amazing? Think about the temperature of the room sometime. You got a whooping by your mama? She'd give you one lick. You say, oh, that's enough. Start doing that little dance that you do. They start whooping and you start going to whoop. You're heading for somewhere, but you ain't getting nowhere. Three licks. Oh, that's enough, mama. That's enough. She hits you again. Oh! She gets you four or five times. Mama, that's enough. Evidently, she's not satisfied yet. She hits you a couple more licks, and then she's satisfied. I think you've learned your lesson. Mama, I learned my lesson before you started. <laughs> but it wasn't over till she was satisfied. Oh, I, I'm, I mean, just look like I'm going to get up and hope, Mama. <laughs> See, there's a difference between the person getting the discipline and the person doing the discipline. It's not over till the person doing the discipline is satisfied that the debt's been paid. I told you not to do that. What? One lick or three licks or five licks or ten licks. You're not, it's not over until the person giving the punishment says they're satisfied. And as long as the Lord looks over into hell and sees no righteousness, He can never be satisfied. That's why when Jesus shed his blood on the cross, he looked at that and said, it is finished. I'm satisfied with that. That's why you trust on the Lord Jesus Christ and God's satisfied with you. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6, you're accepted in the beloved. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by his mercy. He saved us. He delivered us. He redeemed us. But listen, it's not because we came to church or sang a hymn or memorized John 3.16. It's not because of all the times that we prayed or all the good things that we've done. It's because God Himself manifests Himself on this earth as a man and paid our debt for us. It's the most generous and kind act that there's ever been done for anybody. And it was done for you. In this point in time right now, I know that it was done for all. I know that. But in this point in time, I'm not concerned with that. I'm concerned that it was done for you. The blood was shed for you. This is not... Listen, I know we talk about old time religion. And we know what true religion and undefiled is. We know what those things are. But listen, this is not religion. It's a personal relationship. It's not a ritual. It's It's not anything else except a personal relationship between you and the God that made you. The God that made you made every possible way for you to go to heaven when you die. Hell was not created for man. The Bible says it was created for the devil and his angels. If people go there, they choose to go there. People talk about God casting people into hell and God God is the executor of that. God is the executor of judgment. But people choose to go there or not. You say, how do they do that? When they choose what to do with the righteous blood. Amen. The children of Israel said, His blood be upon us. When you say, I won't trust Christ, you're saying, His blood be on me. I'm going to take my chances with how good I've been. I wouldn't, check, I wouldn't take chances on how good I've been to walk out that back door this morning. Amen. I wouldn't do it. I don't trust myself that much. Amen. Amen. I like what Lester Roloff said. He said, I just don't trust myself. He said, I don't go to dances and dance with other men's wives because I know who I am. Amen. I know who I am. Without Christ, I'm nothing. Oh, you're the preacher. You're supposed to be holy. Holy my hind foot. 
Without Christ, I have no holiness. Without Christ, I have no righteousness. I've got a set of rules that's laid out in my Bible. Once I'm saved, I'm to perform those good works. But listen, I got that from the Bible. Amen. When I when you talk about a worthy walk, you're talking about a Bible walk. God gave me this Bible. I was born in sin. Amen. Amen. Everything I got, I got from God. The knowledge to do right, I got that from God. My knowledge was to go see how much houses and lands and money I could acquire. And could I get away? Uh, I'll do it legally, but can I do it illegally? Most people check that route first. You say, why? Because people are sinners. You say, not me. Well, it's because your mama raised you better then. All the goodness you got, you got by discipline, not by nature. God's seen you. No matter if you was disciplined or undisciplined, he said, boy, you need help. And he shed his own blood for you. And like I said before, you cannot find another more generous, loving act of kindness than that, that a man lay down his life for his friend. That's what the Bible said. Greater love hath no man than this, but that a man lay down his life for his friends. That's wonderful, isn't it? Now how about a man that laid down his life for his enemies? In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How can you walk away from the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that was shed for you? Listen, I, I want to believe everybody in the room is saved this morning. But listen, a message like this is aimed at lost folks. Yeah. Folks that are trusting to their own righteousness. Well, I was born, I was a little boy, I was a little girl and grew up and I got baptized and mama brought me to church and mama was always a religion. Listen, not, your mama's religion can't save you no more than the church or no more than a religious creed, no more than a denomination. Listen, you have to have your own relationship. I hope and pray that when you leave this morning, every single person has been washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have been washed. Do you remember a time when sin began, began to remit in your life? Listen, I'm going to say this. If you're living a life that gets worse and more sinful as you go, you're not saved. I'm not judging. I'm not judging you. Only, only God can look down in your heart and see what's going on. I just know that the blood was shed for remission. If the blood's been applied, then that sin ought to be disappearing from your life, not appearing in greater amounts. Now, you, you can talk about being backslid if you want to, but in that case, you still haven't visited that altar in a while and said, God, forgive me of my sins and wash me and cleanse me. Because as soon as you get that blood applied, the sins disappear. There, become, there becomes a change in your life. And for lack of a better word, you do become more religious. You do begin to consider the Word more and to consider godliness more and to be, consider righteousness more. Listen, I've, I've gave you this illustration before. And it's about the best way that I can, I can, about the best picture that I can draw for you. And, and that is just to imagine a, a wall. You know, we got walls all around us here. Just imagine one of these walls was not made out of wood and cinder block and plywood and plaster, but consider that that wall was made out of blood instead. Well, when you step from this side to the other side of that wall, uh, and are washed and cleansed in that blood, some things can't go through. You're a different person on this side of the wall than you was on this one. And it's not just a, going to church and reading your Bible and uh, now I lay me down to sleep and Heavenly Father, with our, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's more than that. 
it's uh, being washed in that blood. The old life is washed away. A new life has begun. A life where you grow stronger as a Christian and weaker as a sinner. Though sin dwells with us the rest of our life. The sin now gets weaker. John the Baptist said, I must decrease, but yeah. he must increase. Yeah. That is a right relationship with God. If that's not evident in your life, you don't have a right relationship. And the way you feel about it doesn't mean anything. A lot of, a lot of people say, well, I, don't, I just don't like this kind of religion. Preacher gets up and fusses at us and tells us we ought not do this. And, and you know, that's not what goes on here every service, by the way. You say, well, every time I come it is, hello. I don't have a schedule of who's going to be here. Amen. Amen. I don't. I don't have that kind of schedule. What I'm saying to you is, once you once you have a relationship that has been uh, instigated by the blood of Jesus Christ, you're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Old desires, old habits, old longings, old ghosts are passed away. You say, "Well, I still got all mine." Well, then you're still the same person then. That sin begins to remit. A new life and a new nature shows up. You like holy things now. You want to learn more. You want to see more. You want to experience more. I don't know one little boy that's ever followed his daddy around that didn't want to be more like his daddy every day. There may come a point in time when that little boy sees his daddy as a hypocrite. Might see his daddy as a criminal or a con man. My biological father was a, a rat and a rascal. Boy, I didn't want to be nothing like him. But when I was four, I loved him. But see, when you're dealing with, with men, you may grow up to want to be like your dad and then find out he is a rascal. But listen, if you're the son of God, you're never going to find out he's a rascal. The more, the more you find out about him, the more you're going to love him, the more you want to draw close to him. That's the life of a Christian. If that's not the life that you're living, I wish you would check up this morning. You're either lost or terribly backslidden. Would you come to an altar this morning, Brother Nathan? You come. Would you come get back under the power of the blood? The moment you got saved, you was under the power of the blood. You might have removed yourself from that little umbrella of grace. And I'm not talking about losing your salvation, but I certainly am talking about getting back under some worldly influence. And that worldly influence will take you a long ways. It certainly will. I'm talking this morning about having a repentant heart. When you mess up, say, God, forgive me and help me and straighten me out. Give me the right direction. Would you come this morning? Would you stand first of all?